hi, hello, how are hello, hello, how are you? Welcome to another episode of A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives, which I haven't said the tagline in a while, and so I realized I gotta bring that back, because I gotta tell you why we're doing this um, and what we're into. Anyways, I'm Kevin, I'm your host, the host. I've been here doing this for 129 episodes, and I can't fucking believe uh, that now, like, I don't know. It feels weird. It's like all of the seeds that we've been planting over the past three years are now finally coming up in really big and beautiful ways. And one of those ways you're going to hear about on today's show with my friend Crystal Cheetah. And we're talking about the new project coming out from Our Bible app and 60 other dope-ass contributors called the Deconstructionist Playbook. I'm a part of it. Crystal Cheetah's part of it. Uh, uh, who is it? Nichelle Guidry is a part of it. Mickey Scott Bay Jones is a part of it. Um, uh, Joe Miner is a part of it. Literally all of your favorite, like, you know, post-Christian, ex-evangelical, uh, new age woo-woo girls like me, all your faves are a part of this project. Um, it's one of the things that I wish that I had when I was going through it before deconstruction was a word and the, and the, and the concept. So here is what I want you to do in the link in the show notes. Um, you can go find the deconstruction display, but go ahead and purchase like pre-order a copy um, through the through the Kickstarter. It's really, really simple. And like, think about it, an entire anthology of, of people's thoughts of regular everyday humans, uh, thoughts on Christian spirituality and sexuality and how to get over purity culture, how to get over your own dogma, how to get over your own bullshit. You know you need this, you know you want this. So uh, check out the show notes and uh, get on it. Back to Kickstarter. That's my that's me preaching to the choir. I know you know this. Um, that's what I love about this community. Everyone's already always pretty down uh, for supporting this kind of shit. Anyways, um, I don't really have a whole lot to report, like other than like it's popping over in the Patreon community. We had our first um, our first tarot workshop last week, and it was packed out. Like seventy people came through, which was so incredible. And there was so much information to get through that we actually didn't get to get through all of it. And uh, so this week we're meeting again Thursday night, seven uh, excuse me six p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, through the Patreon community. So go ahead and get signed up for that and we'll see you over there. It's going to be a really, really fun time. And we're just focusing on spiritual practice. And that's really what I'm getting passionate about teaching and getting people in touch with is learning how to create a sustainable practice for you through any means, not well, not any means necessary, but just like when I mean any means necessary, just like being willing to try new things, to being willing to give up your bullshit finally give up the trauma that you've been clinging to you know what i'm saying um that's what i'm loving about this community is that people are really dedicated to trying new things and as i begin to build out a couple new other programs you're gonna want to be in on that not to mention there are monthly support calls there is a discord there's a discord channel what's it called discord server it is popping off. People are connecting. People like I'm talking like if you're a gamer, you want to be in there. If you are a, a witchy, woo-woo, I'm exploring all this magical shit person, you want to be in there. If you are just fresh into the deconstruction process and you need to be connecting with other people, you should be in there. Um, not only does it help support this show um, and also help support me as a creative and, you know, digital nomad pastor out here in these streets, um, it helps build the community out. So go over there, there's tons of perks. And trust me, when the world opens back up, we're getting together maybe, and that's where you're gonna hear about it first. So patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia, go get it. Now that I've talked your ear off and spammed you a little bit, let me tell you about my friend Crystal Cheatham, who is here on the podcast today. If you didn't know who Crystal Cheatham is, Crystal Cheatham is the creator of our Bible app. The first and pretty much the only um, Bible Christian Bible app on the market that is talking to the deconstructed believer, person of faith across religious spectrums. Like there, there's so much good stuff in there. I'm talking like devotionals that I've written, devotionals by my witchy friends who have written stuff about how to get into like earth-based practices. I've seen um, stuff by atheist folks that have just written really beautiful reflections on how to be more mindful. Like it's the best thing in the world um and i um I, i'm just so honored and excited to be a part of this thing that crystal's putting together because she really shares in our interview 
what her dreams and visions are for our community, not just for what could be for our Bible app, but really what we're doing as a queer faith movement, whether you identify as Christian or not anymore. Uh, we both kind of tap into this idea that like there is something powerful when we decide to do it together. So um, get yourself over. Like I said, go support the thing. Learn all about it here. And I love you. Let's get into this beautiful conversation with my friend, Crystal Chino. Does like when we when someone comes back on a show, I think that technically makes them friend of the pod. So like, ladies and gentlemen, friend of the pod, Crystal Cheatham. Yes. Hi. Fantastic. What's new? How's the world treating you? What's what was your? Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just like all things considered, pandemic, social uprising, and insurrection. How you feeling? All things considered. <laughs> All things considered, I came into 2021 very excited about this year Mm -hmm. because there was nothing that we could do to improve on 2020. Like it was just whatever. And I feel like this year has already got off uh, to some great starts. Like um, we know we don't have a, a peach president anymore. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Peach president is getting impeached. Double peached. The peach president is getting a double peach. <laughs> Which just tickles me. Um, I, I actually bought my, somebody in my family got um, this toilet paper. <gasps> oh, for those like, of you who can't see, obviously, because this is a recording, um, this it's, uh, it's TP with um, the 45th president's face on it. Right. And I was supposed to use it on Inauguration Day. I completely forgot. And Mm. so I'm saving it for second impeachment day. Yes. The articles are getting delivered today. The uh, trial starts in two weeks after the cabinet has been confirmed and maybe a better vaccination plan is rolled out. Who knows? See all the things making this like a very hopeful scenario for Mm. a hopeful year. Yeah. You know, we got our first female black Indian vice president, which tickles me. And I'm so glad my friends just let me enjoy that for a second mm-hmm. <laughs> before we have to like crack down and hold her feet to the fire. I'm mm-hmm. just super excited. Yeah. <sighs> so I obviously we're here to talk about what you're doing with our Bible app <laughs> and all the new shit happening there and all the expansion you're doing and how to invite other people in. So Do you want to jump into that or do you have any other jokes? Do you have any other stories? Do you have any other? Any jokes, any stories? I mean, what, what, what's going on in your world? What do your listeners not know about you? Oh, um, what are they? Probably, um, what do my listeners not know about me? I don't know the answer to that question. I think that's, uh, cause I feel like I, I feel like I'm not that complicated. And then like someone looks at me and is like, Kevin. Cause like, I feel like I'm just like really straightforward with all of my stuff. And just like, even within my relationships, it's like, you know, I, I don't think I'm mysterious. Other people think I'm mysterious. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you straight up what's going on all the time. Usually. Yeah. I think that I thought I knew a lot about you. And then I saw that picture on um, Twitter in your skirt and mm. blazer Ah, I liked it. Thank you. I lo- that was one. That's something new. Um, I suppose like getting um, getting into, you know, fashion that is you know, I I, I like how Alok Vin Vinan says it, which is like g- like genderless fashion, because it's really like. And also, like, Billy Porter said this, like, on one of those late night shows, he said, like, you know, a woman wearing a pantsuit is a statement, but a woman in a pantsuit is also a nod to the patriarchy in some way. Like, they have to become more masculine uh, in order to be taken more seriously, quote unquote. But, a, you know, uh, an AMAB person or, or a man, a male identifying a human wearing a dress or anyone who looks like a quote unquote man wearing a dress is like a travesty and an atrocity and like the worst thing in the world. 
And so Billy Billy Porter, the way that he is redefining fashion Hmm. around the male physique is incredible. Mm-hmm. It really is like he knows when to mix fabrics. He knows when yeah. to um, go big, you know, or go bold or just, you know, solitary colors. He's he's quite I mean, he's one of the few like over the top celebrities that I actually follow on Instagram just because like I'm so curious about what he's doing all the time. Yeah. He also like, has just like a lot of really good things to say. It's one of those things where it's like he's also like cut from the same cloth. Like he's a, he's like, you know, he's a church kid. At heart, you should be preaching. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't wait for, I can't wait for our big queer, you know, mystical Jesus conference, where we're gonna just do whatever the hell we want. See, that's the stuff that I'm excited for this year. Like actually being to go, getting to go to conferences after this hiatus mm-hmm. and rub up against people. I would love to give you another hug. Ugh. I mean, like our glass. Let me snuggle in your your beautiful arms. Listen, I think that we could really cuddle like super hard. Mm, mm. Cuddle, Listen, cuddle. I am one of those people who like I've been very touch deprived. Um, I'm not dating anyone, and I haven't been like you know dating is hard during COVID. I've been on a couple. I did go on a couple of dates, like you know during pandemic. It was like you know we're gonna like be apart and you know social distance and then we'll get a test and like you know trying to be as safe as possible recognizing also like it's still just a risk in general to open up your bubble to anyone yeah um and so i was i went on like four or five dates with this person i'm like oh this is you know this is getting a little serious now and then i told him that i liked him and he started crying Why did he cry? I think it because he really wasn't over his ex and it like triggered some feelings and he realized and I was like, oh, so do you and like this, like we had talked about, like, you know, like having sex and like, you know, like having, a, you know, something very romantic. And I'm like, so should I go like, I, do you want me to stay here and like I can listen to you? And, you know, slip into that role or I can just go, whatever is going to be best. And he's like, I think you should go. I'm like, okay, thank God. And then I, uh, so that was the last time I um, got close to a relationship with someone cried. That's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Small things. But what are you going to do, right? I mean, I haven't really, I haven't, I haven't tried at all. I've done a lot of, of, um, phone like just chatting with people and like facetiming mm-hmm. with folks that i meet on hinge but whenever it comes to like hey let's meet in real life i'm like but i'm terrified and mm-hmm. i live with people who could get sick really easily and i think like a couple of months ago i just quit i was just like forget it like this isn't gonna work i'm much right. meeting people in real life anyway like i hate apps oh ironic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, well, let's rephrase that i hate dating apps I like dating apps. yeah yeah because i love clubhouse so much i just got on clubhouse last night and i'm not even sure how to use it also pause i need to make sure my bedroom door is closed because my um robot vacuum is running around and i don't want her to go in there right now sorry one second There we go. I'm so sorry. Continue what you were saying. We hate apps. So I was, I was on that. um, I was talking to Rosella White Mm. and she was talking about how awesome Clubhouse is. I didn't even know that Clubhouse existed till like Mm -hmm. a couple hours ago, but I don't even know how to, I don't know how to navigate it. I have three friends. You have to be invited in. What is this about? Yeah, I think. No, I mean, maybe I should. Maybe I could use it for like who wants like interviews. You can interview people, see who I because I actually um, it said, hey, your friend such and such just joined. Can you welcome them? And so I hopped on and I talked to this guy who knew our friend also. So we were both in the same room, but our friend who was supposed to be there wasn't there. And so he and I just ended up talking for like 15 minutes and connecting on Instagram. And he's like, yeah, whenever you come out to L.A. when the world opens up. Uh, let's kick it. Let's hang out. And I'm like, you know, that's a word. I'm into, I'm into that. Um, that's cute. So I, uh, I, what I'm, what I'm thinking is like, it's just, um, 
uh, what I'm seeing is that a lot of people are like using it to have like what would be like podcast conversations or like deep conversations or even like um, I see LaVon Briggs using it for her um, Sunday little churchy proverbial experience things where it's just audio listening in. So you can be out and about doing things just listening, listening into something. I don't know if there's a way to record the actual conversations. You oh. dropped your bone. You can pick it up, dog. My dog does this thing to get my attention where she drops her bone on the ground and just stares at it and then looks at me. I'm like, no, I will not. And now she's looking at me, snapping her jaw. I'm like, no, right. pick it up. And you have three bones on the couch. Anyways, you freak anyways. So yeah, let's, uh, let's endeavor to figure out clubhouse and see how we can use it for something fun. I mean, you know me, I'm all about figuring out uh, ways to broadcast the progressive Christian community. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we put more of our content out there? How do we elevate yeah. leaders? How can we just like make this space more available to Yeah, people? get it in front of more eyeballs. Yeah, another one I don't understand is like TikTok. Like how, how could we... <sighs> God, like there are some like... There's a whole hashtag called progressive clergy and there are progressive clergy out there who fucking love making TikToks like full on. I'm a read from the book of order. I'm a read from prayer books. I'm going to like affirm queer kids. And what's interesting too on TikTok is that there is a huge number of conservative Christian teens who make all these TikToks which are like Things you shouldn't shouldn't do because it's a sin. Don't have sex till marriage. Don't have an abortion. Don't smoke weed. Don't drink. And then it's like, and also there's all the the ex-gay teens out there, like all the ones who are getting brainwashed. It's like, oh my God, sweet baby angel. Oh no, come here. Come over, hang out with me. It's okay. You're fine. I thought TikTok was just for dancing. I didn't know that you could, you know, stream messages and stuff. Oh yeah, like you, like um, you can make little video. It's like if Vine. I think it's like Vine's child, but um, Vine's child. Okay. Yeah, probably like Vine's grant. It's like if Vine got reincarnated and like got addicted, got addicted to speed. <laughs> you know, just a lot going on. All sorts of things you can find. Cooking videos, voiceover videos, acting videos, duet challenges. It's actually quite fun. It's a lot of things out there. And then, like, for me, it'll also, like, the algorithm is such that, like, it'll figure out what you like and what you interact with and then just keep serving you more of that. So that... So it's like, I see a lot of progressive clergy. I see a lot of gay abs. I see a lot of um, people making beats. Gay abs, people making beats. Gay abs and beats. That's what I'm into. That's my summer 2021 <laughs> mantra. Gay abs and beats. Gay abs and beats. Gay. <laughs> um, For you. But yeah, that's, um. there's, I think there's, um. It was really interesting because I, I didn't realize the world was going in the direction it was when I was finishing up my master's last spring. Because my, in, you dropped two damn bones, girl. Anyways, when I was working on, I'm going to pick this up for this stupid girl real quick. What is your problem? Cut it out. I apologize. Needy child. Um... When I was finishing up my degree, like I really actually was focusing on how churches like used social media and like social media before the pandemic versus like how like literally as the world was shifting, my final class had to be done online. And I said, this is a perfect example of like how we need to figure out how to do this and also recognize that community online is still community. It's not a supplement. It is the community. It's not a supplement to community. It is for many people, it's their first home-based touch. And we need to take it as seriously as that is. And I think that was like a big shift in my mind around like my work over the past year is really thinking like, oh, right, this is, I am, I'm trying to f- build and foster some kind of community here to help people get the things that they need. And it looks unconventional and support's coming from different directions, but it's still like, oddly enough, the same, Thing I wanted to do when I was a quote-unquote minister. 
Yeah, you know, this this year has really amplified how our global community mm-hmm. and not and by global community, I mean, like we are all being affected by the same virus, but also just like in the progressive Christian space and even like the mystic Christian space or queer Christian space. It's figuring out that the people that we had started to connect with, like you said, were the heart of of our social life, you know? And honestly, like it didn't really click before, but when for like, I've been, I've lived in Philadelphia for 10 years and I could honestly say that there's been like a huge separation between the kinds of people that I hang out with at bars and restaurants and the kinds of people that um, are in my work and are on Twitter and on, are, are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And this, this year or the past year really kind of blended that community. So it was like the people that, that really weren't serving, you know, um, my work or my passions or the things like that um, kind of faded away because I wasn't seeing them mm-hmm. uh, out in, in the, in, in the, in the neighborhood, but the people that I was constantly engaging with online just kind of came to the top. So right. now I have so many of these amazing relationships with people who are all over the world, you know, like a lot of my uh, um, amazing and best people live on the West coast. And so I just have to wait uh, for them to wake up three mm-hmm. hours later. Um, but yeah, the world's shrinking. That's what I'm saying. And I'm, uh, I'm kind of, in some ways I'm grateful for it because it's like, I'm recognizing, and this is like, there's a, that lovely psychological phenomenon of our brains can't tell the difference between physical and digital space. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the traumas that we experience online or like seeing violence online, like we've been seeing is it's guys, it's like you were actually there. Your brain doesn't know that you were not there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I feel like there's like, um, I feel like we're starting to recognize that and we're starting to really like, we're learning how to take care of our own bodies because we have to. Yeah. And mm. that is going to actually, I think is going to serve us in the long haul because when we do, there's a part of me that wonders like if it's going to be like a pet for many people and like probably myself included, there's going to be like a pendulum swing into like, I'm going to go do all the things. Um, I I really want to try as much as possible. Just like, I want to make sure that even in that as I am and I will go do all the things, no doubt. Yeah. I also just want to make sure that in that I'm still taking care of myself that like my, the practices I've developed in this season, don't I don't want I'm not going to lose them in the next season. I think that's what's different than from like a life before to life now. It's like I feel like it was always like self care was like the supplement, and now it's like the it's path. Yeah, it is. The- I want to say that at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like all of your worst habits were just amplified and you just like <sighs> leaned into them towards abuse. Like it, it was insane. And then as the pandemic went on and, and like, I realized that I couldn't live that way. It kind of turned into a switch which was like, okay, I seem to realize that what I was doing pre pandemic was just kind of propping up my life. If, you know, all of a sudden, all of my worst habits were just like so easily accessible. It seems mm. like I wasn't doing a good job before the pandemic. Um, and so halfway through, it was figuring out, okay, how do I take better care of myself? How do I not let um, my my worst impulses take over? Yes. And at that point, there was growth and there was change. And there was this real desire to get to understand my mm-hmm. body and what I'm capable of. Mm. And um, to start leaning into the, the, the discomfort of being Crystal Cheatham, which meant um, taking a real uh, interest in the kinds of foods my body really craves and wants mm-hmm. taking like uh breaks from from alcohol which is something that i love and used to be such a social thing for me but when mm-hmm. you're just home alone drinking like by yourself like that's that's oh yeah <laughs> really well, let me tell you what i um i pretty much <sighs> It used to be one of those things where it was like, yeah, I'll have like, you know, drink every night or so because I was always like hanging out with people. And like now it's like 
I'll have a few drinks, maybe one time a week with my one, like my, my pot of humans. And then that'll be it. That's good. Because like, also like I'm 31 now and my body's like, Oh shit. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's like things are certain things are slowing down. Yeah. So I can't eat as much chicken nuggies as I want. <laughs> Even though like chicken nuggets honestly is like the comfort food for me. If I'm ever having a really bad day, throw them in the air fryer. You want chicken nuggies? Oh, I love it's just for me it's silly and nostalgic and so easy and yummy. That's true. It makes me feel it really makes my inner child very happy. I just can't do it all the time because my stomach is like, you're a dummy. <laughs> uh, okay, I wanna I wanna switch gears because I wanna make sure that we give ample time to all the cool things you're doing. Uh, If y'all didn't hear Crystal on the podcast before, um, Crystal is the creator and sustainer and director of our Bible app. All the things, the first Bible app on the market that was geared towards queer people and people of color. Um, And it's been, it's, it's hosted some really radical things like devotionals from Everybody from, you know, people who are very, very biblical literists and like learning how to like look at it a different way to folks like me who are out and about in spirituality to folks who are not Christians at all. It's really like it runs the gamut. And so, yeah, Crystal, like what's new with OBA? How's it been in its first couple years of life? What's new with it? I really love hearing your description of it. Um, because it gives me hope that what I'm putting into the world is, is actually manifesting, you know, mm-hmm. see it. and we take so much time and, and we put so much time and energy into making sure that the app is just as diverse as the communities that we thrive in, mm. you know? And, mm. um, so that means trying to make sure that we're publishing, uh, black and brown voices and Asian voices and, you know, you know, white people from all corners of the earth with diff- with different um, uh, ideologies and uh, different religious rhetoric, like all of that stuff really, really, really matters. And so, yeah, I guess that's that's what we've been doing these past couple of years is um, figuring out how to amplify the diverse foot- the diverse footprint. Mm-hmm. But yeah got a lot of I got a little tangled in my words <laughs> that's so no that's okay i i love it i, I think talk it's to a corner <laughs> just like and yeah that's what we do <laughs> yeah well what have we been doing this past year yeah um, you know what there was a really hard moment in april where um we had gone from like all of these subscriptions to like barely any coming through and that was like right when folks were like oh my god how long is this pandemic gonna last mm-hmm. and uh work on the app kind of grinded to a halt and i had to furlough people and take a month off until we could figure out where funds were going to come from Damn. and i really thought that our bible app was dead um but something that I think saved us is folks realizing that we do have a, that they needed the community that our Bible app was offering, especially as churches were closed and you mm-hmm. couldn't like right. find that, that nurturing community that you needed. And so um, in May, we were able to uh, bring the, bat, the app back online, able to continue with our newsletters and features and paying authors. Um, and it, it took a while to get there, but um, I think that what I've discovered is our Bible app is a publisher, you know, like we are an elevator of voices mm-hmm. and um, we've been functioning as a digital magazine with all of these daily devotionals mm-hmm. and uh, the newsletter. And so I decided that we should just like go full speed ahead and do and uh, have a subsidiary or an imprint of of our bible inc and um launch a publishing house it's really exciting we're gonna launch bemba press um (gasps) okay bemba press okay yes gotta look up the name i mean the bemba women in zambia where my mom is from are like these it's a matriarchal society it's where my grandmother is from. Yes. And all of the folklore is about them being like these Amazonian women who just like 
take charge and get what they want. And I was just like, yes, that is what I'm going to name my press after Bemba Press. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. We are so we are launching Bemba Press with our first book, which is the Deconstructionist Playbook. Mm -hmm. And it is exactly that. You know, it is a an introduction into all the things that we start to um, deconstruct when we have that like that enlightened moment of, oh, my God, this kind of Christianity isn't serving me. This theology is, is toxic, mm-hmm. as Kevin Garcia likes to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you start to question who God is. You start to question what all the rules are about. And um, and then you probably move into a place of reconstruction or restoration, you know, where you're starting to accept things like LGBT inclusion and, mm-hmm. you know, and you're getting rid of sex, the purity culture complex and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and those are all themes in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, deconstruction is play what we That's going to be so fucking cool. Also, I, so cool. <laughs> email, I have seen them. I've just, I've been catching up on being sick from December still. So like, I just, I know that I see that email. I'm going to, I'm going to get back. I swear I'm going to get back to you. (laughs) No, you're, you, um, you're definitely already a part of it. We have you in the outline and right now we have 60 authors who are. Oh my God. I know. I know. So here's a little story about. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. (laughs) Sorry. I, wow. I just got emotional thinking about that. It's going to be so cool. So, um, I oh it's amazing right mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm actually wow I really am crying wow that's really exciting it is it is whenever I think about um this book I think of like Horton Hears a Who mm-hmm. where there were like a community of who's trying to be saved on like this little fluff ball and they yelled so loud that it like pierced the cloud and finally somebody could hear them and save them. Like that's how I feel about this progressive Christian community. We're tiny, but collectively we have Mm -hmm. a really, really strong voice. And I feel like conservative Christianity has just kind of enveloped everything Mm -hmm. and makes it, it makes Christianity seem so like, off-putting and to people and i'm like no there's there's christians who are who you know Mm -hmm. believe that you should be able to decide what happens with your body you Mm -hmm. know that (laughs) that that interfaith relationships are actually pretty cool um and that all these things you know whatever Mm -hmm. but um yeah that's what i think about when i'm when i'm thinking about what it is we're doing yeah there is like a whole you know, there was like the like, uh, you know, God rest her soul, Miss Phyllis Tickle, when she was talking about reformation happening every 500 years. I'm like, it's like, I feel like it's because of 2020, because of the social uprising and the clear division within evangelicalism as like a, a political power um, and seeing it for its you know, very, very racist and white supremacist roots. It's just like on full display there. I feel like there is a moment that we're at where it's like, the line is kind of like drawn in the sand and people are just like, I know that I'm not that, but I also don't know how to be anything else. And then there are those of us who have been doing this thing over here where it's like, oh, there is an influx of people who are looking our way for the first time, who are discovering these voices for the first time. And I'm excited because like I I'm ready for like <laughs> cuz like like the true true thing like I really do miss uh the feeling of the church of my youth if that makes sense. I miss the feeling of where like I wasn't worried about whether God hated me. I wasn't worried about like triggers or anything like that and i feel like we're getting to a place where like we are working on healing our triggers we are working on finding new ways of doing faith community both in person well when we can be in person we will but i feel like people are finally open to it and it's like i i mean like it's like okay this is this is like a continuation of christianity and also like within like the grand scheme of the world christianity is still pretty young as compared to like buddhism or hinduism or any of the indigenous faith traditions of the world christianity is teensy like so we're like 
I feel like it's like, ah, maybe this is where the shit gets good and we get to be a part of it, you know? Yes, I think so. And I saw that you had um, Joe Lumen on on the pod. Joe, Joe is that bitch. She really is. She's fucking rad. I love that woman with all my heart. Mm. Oh my God. Um, but she's always talking about heaven on earth and how we can make heaven on mm-hmm. earth. And when you start talking about like the church of your youth, mm-hmm. where you you just you know that you're loved and you can show up, like that's what I feel like the work of our Bible app and this mm-hmm. anthology, the Deconstructionist Playbook, is all about. It is an internal work that we are asking everybody to do. Like mm-hmm. everybody needs to start de- deconstructing their values and their morals and their ethics and their mm-hmm. belief systems. You know, they need to start figuring out mm-hmm. how they can be better people. Yeah. And I feel like this compiled, this very special compilation of authors is going to help folks start to do that. Mm-hmm. And of course, your voice is in there. <laughs> I'm fucking I'm stoked and I think like the question that always like kind of gets the ball rolling with people is just like it's like the only question I think it's the question we should keep asking forever is why do you believe what you do and like because if you can get that question and constantly be curious about it oh my god yeah like where like you don't have to be afraid of being wrong you don't have to be afraid of right fucking it up because they're you can't fuck it up if you like that's like <laughs> that's the whole thing it's just like we it's like this almost i feel like it's almost like there's a clean like a feeling of like if you want it you can have a clean slate with like as you're healing at least for me i got to a point where like I don't feel like any of the shit that was holding me back before is holding me back now. It's like the shame I had around my sexuality is gone. The shame I had around not taking the Bible literally or understanding what happens after we die is gone. The shame I have around or I had around like my body still working on body stuff. But in general, like I really like my body now. And that has everything to do with the practices I've created after I left a space that was harming me. And asking that serious question, why do I believe this? And there's such a detachment in um, conservative fundamentalist spaces because mm-hmm. someone will say, why do you believe that? And they'll, and they'll say, it's in the Bible or because, because- It's the word of God. God said, you know? And <sighs> unfortunately that is not enough because Christianity requires experience. It requires a practice. Hello. Christianity is a practice and practice requires moving about experiencing and figuring it out from there. So part of Christianity is a very personal theology, an understanding of the Bible that is all your own. And mm-hmm. if the only way that you can un- that you can uh, express your faith is by somebody else's dogma, I'm sorry, but you're doing it wrong, <laughs> in my opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, past the plate, the sermon was preached. No, but that is really it. It's like um, recognizing, I feel like it's one of those things where it's just like we were told that there is one path of Christianity and it was this. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're coming to the outside of it. We're recognizing God in all these other places. And then yeah. I think for so many of us, it's like, uh, it's, you know, Jesus-y or church language or Bible language or Christian language feels really, really, can be feel really triggering for a lot of people. Yeah. And my invitation into that for so many folks is like, you're, I, I, there's a lesson from A Course in Miracles that says I can only see the past. And it's basically like saying like, when I look at this, you know, how do I know that this is a cup of coffee? Because I, I've historically had coffee that's brown and has some cream and ice and like, you know, because gay, obviously. And how do I know that this is a cup? Because someone told me that this could be a cup. Um, and so it's like the same thing with like Christian language. It's like when I hear the word, for some people, they hear the word Jesus and they're triggered. And it's like, oh my God, white Jesus is coming to get me. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you are, you're seeing the past right now, which is fine. You just have to recognize it, that that's not, that white Jesus is white Jesus. And and let me tell you what, black Jesus is a lot cooler and also has a much more liberating message for everybody. Black baby Jesus, that's what I say. Ugh, it is true. Like, 
Go eat some James Cone. That shit will knock your socks off. <laughs> but it's like, I'm really, I, um, I like, I go in between like the label of Christian for myself, but then like, it's like, I have conversations with you and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is what I want to be a part of. Right? I'll be uh, like, this is the kind of like faith practice, uh, a faith practice that doesn't limit me, you know? And I think that's like, what really is like, um, what we're all kind of looking for, isn't it? It's like, we're always looking for expansion. We're like, I, I think that's because like, that's just like the nature of God, right? We're, we're longing constantly to be back in, in unity with God. And what, what is God doing? God is constantly expanding out throughout the universe, apparently. And so it's just like, I want that boundless thing. And yet the problem with incarnation is that like, it's inherently limited. You know, by the fact that we're organisms. Let me not see. Now I'm getting down into like mystical. It's like, oh my god. But it's um, but it really for the the one thing that has brought me like a guidepost for it all, and I think how is it working for you? How is it making you feel? Because if it's making you feel terrible. I'm here to tell you, like, I think we're both here to say, like, there is a better way. It, like, your faith doesn't have to make you feel miserable anymore. If that's that's something that really weighs me down when I realize that people believe that God wants you to feel miserable, right? And like, God craves your misery, and that in turn is worship. You know, mm. like I am honoring God by withholding these things of pleasure you know from myself mm. and i just i cannot wrap my head around that kind of a god who gave you a world full of ways to experience pleasure and goodness mm. and to give that to other people and then said don't do it <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's like and that, that's like for us i go that I think it's like, well, we would say it doesn't make sense. And it's like, well, it doesn't make sense to you because you're not a believer. Like, that's what one thing people say. I'm just like, right. I'm like, or maybe it doesn't make sense because it's illogical and it doesn't make sense. Right. It's like, illogical. like, I mean, just like we have to, like, take this application. Like, if you did that to a kid, you know, you put all the candies and yummies out that are going to give them a stomach ache. Um, rather than teaching them, hey, this is okay, but just like only have so much so that you don't hurt yourself. Right. You know, like that's what a loving parent does. A loving parent doesn't restrict. They just say like, hey, like we got to use everything in a way that serves us and it serves everybody around us. Like if I had that, like I wouldn't like, oh, oh, oh. Anyway, the church of our youth. That's and, what I create over here. Yeah. And maybe... Uh, I don't know like when you're thinking like in your imaginary mind like five years into the future Joe Biden and Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris ran for president Joe Biden retired and Kamala is president Stacey's vice president it's a real it's a real to do it's a real thing yeah Um, what do you hope to see like within faith communities like what do you yeah Let's dream big. What do we want to see in five years? Um, man, in faith communities, you know what? I think that I I hope that we avoid the pitfalls of our evangelical brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And there's no days in, over there, so I didn't say that. honest to that's T. Just like, it's just, there ain't no non-binary evangelicals. They will not allow you in the club. <laughs> if you're so- non-binary and you're calling yourself an evangelical, you are fooling yourself. Yeah, right. So, um, just... I, <laughs> I really hope that we don't turn into this giant uh, global community of we're in here and you're out there kind of exclusionist right. kind of bullshit. I hope that we don't take this wonderful, beautiful, um, organic theology that we're all playing with and say, okay, these are the rules and Mm. any rules that we have to dissect and understand are off the limits because 
that is what cancel culture is. And that is what evangelicalism is. It is this decision that Mm -hmm. there's only one way to interpret this text. There's only one way to be a man or a woman or be sexual. And I'm like, I can see in our future that if we take this to the places that I really want to go, then that could happen. So Mm. I would love to see a a music industry crop up that is inspirational music about God and Jesus and whoever you envision God to be mm-hmm. like that, that it's not here. And I'm just so frustrated that we don't have giant concerts. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have a record label for um, what's the, what's the name of your band. That's always at um, the many, right? I wish that the, many Oh yeah. That's, um, that's Darren's band, uh, Darren and, yes. um, Darren and them. God, Darren and all of them. Yeah, all of them. Like the music is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's one of the reasons why I decided to keep going back to QCF because like I love that worship feeling. And we don't we we don't have a record label. I would love to have a record label. I would love for there to be more businesses in this Christian space because mm-hmm. we don't have um a functioning functioning economy like Mm -hmm. how like you look at hillsong and they're able to survive and do so much with their money and that's because they have an economy where money goes in and money comes out and it's constantly pumping flowing yeah whereas we don't have that you know Mm -hmm. i think that we need more businesses and less nonprofits. if you want me to keep yo can you can we just can we just like preach about that for a second we need more businesses and less nonprofits because the way that the nonprofit sector is set up is to fuck over the nonprofits most of the time and -hmm. also to keep people i think it's because it's it's this like uh uh, I hate saying a poverty mindset or a sca- or like, but like, yeah, it's a we, scarcity we, complex. A scarcity complex, and we've been taught that money is evil, and money's not evil. What you do with it can be used for good or evil. So if you're I'm, like, money's not the problem. It's the uh, it's when you're spending it on things when there's people who are hungry. That's the problem. Exactly. So it. So I'm one of those people who like okay. We are in a system of capitalism and we all know how freaking evil it can be because Mm -hmm. the people in charge are evil, right? Like this uh, quote unquote evil, right? And so this- We'll call them unrepentant sinners. They're unrepentant sinners. They are greedy. (laughs) They have all all seven deadly sins they are very fond of Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't care. But I do think that Capitalism is here to stay and it's not going anywhere for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And, At least within uh, our lifetime. Within our lifetimes, right? Um, and just just think of think of I think that we have the ability to use ethical capitalism mm-hmm. to our advantage. And that is something that we can use right here right now you know Mm -hmm. we can use that until socialism or something even better comes along um and that involves uh paying people appropriately you know Mm -hmm. making sure that um that that if you have a uterus you are given enough time to give birth to your child and if Mm -hmm. you are a partner to that uterus you too can take some time off and make sure Mm -hmm. that you know there's there's so many things that can happen inside ethical capitalism and an employer actually actually making sure Mm. that their employees are partners in crime versus Mm. slave and slave master dynamics. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. And that's the thing is like Jeff Bezos up there at the bazillions of dollars he has up there, even if he paid every single one of his employees a minimum living wage of $15, it would be a drop in his bucket of he has more money than him and his kids and their kids and their kids can spend in their lifetimes. I can never understand that. And it's yeah. like, why isn't it a law? And just like, and just like, you're telling me that he can't do that. So I'm like that. And people are just like, I'm like, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he can't accumulate that money. I'm saying that he can't accumulate that money and not pay people who can't afford to feed their families off of a 40 hour a week job while he is doing nothing hard. That is that is the disgusting side of capitalism. That mm-hmm. is what we hit the streets with protest about. Um, but I believe that there is a way for us, especially mm-hmm. this caring, beautiful community that we are, this progressive and mystic Christian space. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to actually do this better. And when you think about it, 
America was made for businesses. Mm. All tax law benefits business, especially small business. Mm -hmm. It it barely benefits nonprofits. The only way that nonprofits function is by having a business take advantage of the nonprofit tax break and give money to be written off. And so the only way that nonprofits survive is, 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 uh, is finding rich people. Well, how come we just don't have more just like, like um, middle-class people who have enough money who can give, you know, Mm -hmm. right right now I get so frustrated whenever we do a fundraiser for our Bible app because our community is so freaking poor. God, that's really the tea. (laughs) Our community is so poor. And even though like the the spirit is willing, we want to give, we're just like, but I really, really, really need to make sure I get my iced coffee in the morning because like that's my one pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad. Um, I just wish that that we would we would stretch into that space of, mm-hmm. of owning more yeah. and more power so that we mm-hmm. we ourselves can dole it. Yeah, I honestly I had a shift in the way I related to my money this past year, really, because especially in, in 2020, like there's an easy like you don't know if things are going to dry up. And I'm just like I said to myself, if things dry up, I will pivot when I need to and I'll figure it out. But like, like I just got the thing I just felt in my bones that like what spirit put on my me was like, if you just keep teaching love, I will take care of the rest. Um, And then there's a a kind of a principle my mom gave me, which was like, live within your means is what she always told me. And then there's another thing that came after that from my spirit was just like, and be generous with what you have. It's like, like you like, it's like one of those things where it's just like, I know, like when I was, I was walking the belt line the other day and one of the reps from the ACLU asked me if I would become a sustaining member. I'm like, yes, I've got the means right now to give 25 bucks a month. You know, they like, if anybody like, you know, it's like, if you have the means give, and if you don't, don't, Yeah. but more often than not, many of us have the means. And frankly, like we've been conditioned to hold on to it. And I'm not saying like you shouldn't have a savings account or you shouldn't save up for the things that you want. And I'm also saying that if we want a different world, the thing that represents power in the world right now, unfortunately is money. And that's the way like we have to move for the time being. And also to trust that like, I've been the person on the receiving end of a GoFundMe and the giving end of GoFundMe. I have had moments like this past year, like I totaled my car. I had a whole bunch of medical expenses that came out of nowhere and people came around me yeah. to and to shore me up. And you know what? I will be there to shore my friends up too, because that's how it works. But also yeah. we got to recognize that I shouldn't be doing a GoFundMe for medical bills. We, that is a whole other conversation. <sighs> this system is, it's so fucked. Dude. But it is fucked. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to build a better better world. We're going to get this like, inner economy going. This is the Heaven seeds. On Heaven on earth. We're going to do it. Listen, and that's really like, that to me is appealing. That's an appealing faith to me. One where it's just like, oh my gosh. I was thinking about like in post-pandemic world, I really, I really want to see if I, about like trying to start a, a spiritual community that's like, I want to be. I want it to be intentionally interfaith. I want to bring in teachers from different faith traditions. I want to teach from Course in Miracles and from like you know witch cosmology. I want to like introduce different practices and rituals. There's all these different things I want to try in person to really bring this thing. And then I'm just like, in that community where we're practicing these internal things, are we making sure everybody's needs are met? You know, if someone's coming to the communion table, do they have their light bill paid? Do they need their light bill paid? Can we figure that out? Does someone need food that week? Does someone need to like hang out with somebody because they're lonely? Like that's like, sounds like someone says, well, that sounds like church. I'm just like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It does sound like church. Can be, can be. Um, yeah. I was thinking something and it, and it left me. That's okay. Okay. I, I want to make sure that we get all the details in there. So before we hang up and before we transition into anything else, tell humans where they can connect with our Bible app, how they can get involved and like support the anthology, follow you, et cetera. So good. So the thing I didn't say about the deconstructionist playbook, this wonderful 60 author um, anthology is that 
nothing, none of this can actually happen without raising the funds to do it. Bam. The funds are to pre-sell books. They, and that money goes to, we're paying our authors. We are using that to launch Bemba Press. And we are making sure that our Bible app uh, is sustained for um, for this year, right? And so we are doing a Kickstarter that is starting in February 1st and will run till like the first few days of March. Um, and we need to sell, pre-sell 2,000 books. And so- Oh, we can do this. Uh, right, we can do this. We can do this. And the price of the book is $25 um, because it is also a donation to- um, help our authors and help our Bible app. And so we are asking as many people as possible to go yourself, buy one book. It's just one book. You're going to get this amazing anthology written that have voices from all over. Let me just think of some of the, some of the voices in here. We have Rosella, um, Heidi White, Heidi White. I can never. I day. I day white. Yeah. The only reason I know that is because I asked her myself. So like she said it to me so many times and I, it's I'm, I'm terrible. We have Laura Jean Truman. We have Emily Joy. We have Mickey Scott Bay Jones. We have Lenny Duncan. Oh. We have Kevin Garcia. Like this is going to be a band show. Like it's the it's I'm not going to lie. It's like. It was so funny. It was like all these names. Of like I've like we've known each other for like a few years now. It's really cool yeah. to do something together. I know. <laughs> um, where can they find in where? Where's the website for that Kickstarter? Launches. You can go to Kickstarter.com/slash/theplaybook or playbook, either one. Um, and or you can find it on our website, ourbibleapp.com. We're also going to have it in the app, our Bible app. It's the purple one in your app store. Find us all over social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, IG, and even TikTok now as our Bible app and um, get involved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so saying, what about following you, Miss Crystal Cheatham? Where are you on the internet? Oh, if you're interested in me, little old me, um, there's crystalcheatham.com. You can find out a bit about how I got to this place in my life. Um, I'm Crystal Cheatham on Twitter or IG. I'm actually the cheat. And that's like an old story, but I'm the, the cheat. cheat. <laughs> Do you ever watch Homestar Runner? <gasps> this yeah, he's that little yellow guy, right? Yeah, that was Homestar. Yeah, the cheat was like this little or yellow thing. Oh my gosh, HomestarRunner.net. It's dot com. <laughs> um, Marzi Pan's answering machine sent me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Strong, bad, and strong, sad. I just oh, I love it. I might have to. Is, is it still a working thing on the internet? I don't even know. I'm going to hold on. We're going to confirm on air. We're going to find out. <laughs> Home Star Runner.com. Yeah. Oh my God! It still works. It's still here. It's crazy, man. When I was when I was a teenager, these graphics looked so cool. Oh my gosh, this is so. This is great. Oh, you can watch it on YouTube now. They moved it everything over there too. Well, look at that. Okay. Well, they were, and this was. I guess this really was pre YouTube, wasn't it? Yep. Wow. What a time. What a time. Well, I adore you. Thank you for coming on and being here and connecting with all the humans. Thanks for inviting me, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. You're a blessing to chat with. That was my conversation with the incredible Crystal Cheatham. Please go check out our Bible app wherever you, are. you get your apps, either the Android or the Apple Store. Sorry, Linux, uh, don't run on you. It's okay though, but if you're running Linux, you're probably doing much more nefarious things than being queer on the internet. Anyways. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, follow Crystal Cheatham across social media at Crystal Cheatham, which is crystal like the things that you use in your meditations and Cheatham like C-H-E-A-T. H-A-M, cheat ham, like you're cheating on some ham. I don't, stop me, somebody stop me. And if you wanna get in on the Deconstructionist Playbook, you can go to ourbibleapp.com or just check out any social media, Google the Deconstructionist Playbook, that's a possessive deconstruction 
ist, apostrophe s, playbook. It's all over the internet. You're gonna wanna be a part of it. Please don't miss out on this incredible chance to spread some queer joy across the world with the Deconstructionist Playbook, our Bible app, Crystal Cheatham, and the 60 other people con uh, contributing to this amazing anthology. We're making history, babes. Aww. Anyways, follow me across social media at the Kevin Garcia. Please leave the show a review. Five stars is great. And share it with a friend, somebody who needs to hear this. And yeah, until next time, my sweet, what I want you to do is make sure you're taking it easy on yourself, breathing deeply, uh, moving your body in a way that feels good. And again, come check us out on, in the Patreon community. We've got monthly workshops, sometimes bi-monthly bi workshops, um, game nights, and more. You're going to really want to be a part of it. So uh, that's patreon.com slash thekevingarcia. All my shits across the internet at thekevingarcia. And until next time, babe, yeah, take your meds, call your person, move your body in a way that feels good, eat something delicious, cry it out, and um, be kind to yourself. All right? I'll talk to you next time. Bye.